1: Right? 2 Corinthians 3.17 That's Victory in the name which is above every name There's no exception for rape or incest uh, It's an extreme law <laughs> Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons In Jesus' name Get out here right now <laughs> So put your trust in the psalm and View in this chemistry, right, but, right. but some are spewing distorted views of the Trinity. They're with the enemy, their lives have been bought. Whether you like it or not, you will tie the get shot. No reverence from these reverence, only pathetic benevolence, who claims to heal without a shred of medical evidence. they in the public side, lukewarm than kitchens, on live television, saying Mormons are Christians. I'm not throwing stones, I'm simply shouting the truth.
0: Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to episode 11 of The Master's Dog. I am your host, The Evangelical Norm. So, um, there have been a, a bunch of videos that have come out from Saints Unscripted over the last couple days. Actually, two from Saints Unscripted. Um, one is their faith and beliefs, which we're going to address today. Another one that David did that um is a little longer um he did with a guest um who runs a page called lds truth claims which i will be checking out here pretty soon um that one we're gonna actually i'm gonna do another video tomorrow dealing with that specific one um and that's gonna be a little longer so bring a lunch i I was going through trying to edit it down to something that I could manage it into little clips but it really is something that I need to play almost beginning to end um, I'll cut off part of the beginning of it um, David joking about the headset that he's wearing um, but we'll get into that one so and then I'm going to one I'm gonna have to cut up, or else it's gonna be like an hour long thing, um, which I'm just not gonna put you through and I don't want to put myself through it either. Um, is one that Quaku released on his page with a new female co-host. I'm thinking she might be a girlfriend. We'll find out later. Um, but uh, so there that is them uh, critiquing Lynn Wilder. I believe that's her name, Micah Wilder's mom um, on the 700 club, her interview there about her book and just, and I'm not going to defend Dr. Wilder. She's smart enough and she can do that. If, if she has an issue with what they did said about her and uh, took issue with her testimony, that's, that's on her. I'm going to look at the ways that they, the the methods that they use to um, rebute without rebuting, <laughs> rebut without rebut rebuke. I'm trying to say. It, sorry, yeah, late night videos. Rebut without rebutting or rebuke without rebuking. Either way, let's put them all together. I mean, Sarah Palin makes up words. I can make up words. Um, so uh, there you go. So the next three days, we're gonna have probably a few uh master's dog episodes come out over the next three days just be prepared for that but today we're going to look at david is going to talk about the endowment ceremony um might not be a whole lot to do because again this is their ceremony this is and but i will point out some things that are flawed uh some reasons why this is not required for christians and so on so that being said let's go ahead and get david up here let him start talking and then we'll start talking
2: next few minutes we're going to talk about one of the most sacred temple ceremonies in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints called the endowment ceremony if you're unfamiliar with our faith or just clicked on this video to learn a bit more please be courteous and try to respect the religious culture of faiths that may be different from your own now because
0: we I love how they try to put in these funny little clips to make this seem funny. Um here's the deal. I will have I will try to have respect for David and Kwaku, the individual people. I will not respect the false teachings of a false religion. Um I mean, do you practice yoga at all? Your you know and it's my stretching and, and this and that we have we've turned we have taken and turned yoga into an exercise you're literally taking the salvific uh, practices of Hinduism and making it a, a modern um, exercise program you know meditation you are literally taking the salvific practices of Buddhism and turning it into a way to calm yourself so this is done all the time. This is a, again, we don't, I don't need to, and this, I I preached this one time and watched people get up and walk out. (laughs) The the last time I had somebody get up and leave during a sermon that I gave, I made the same statement. I will not have respect for false teachings of a false church. I will try to respect the people, but I'm not going, and and now I'm not going to just, out-of-hand mock it. It's it's pointless and childish to do that. When I see people at the temple wearing the garments or waving the garments from a flagpole or anything like that, it's childish and it's not helpful. So I'm not going to outright mock these things, um, which I don't think is completely out of bounds. Um, Paul and Jesus used sarcasm at different times. Uh, Elijah or Elisha, which one? Of them? I, I always mix the two of them up. I'm pretty sure it's Elisha and the the, the um, prophets of, of Baal on Mount Carmel. He literally mocked them and mocked their God. So not that it's out of bounds, but I'm not going to do it. But again, I'm not going to go. Oh, well, you know, it's your sacred beliefs. No, it's false. We're going to show and, and address why it's false
2: latter-day saints consider temple ceremonies to be sacred we don't talk about them very much and there are a few ceremonial details we consider so sacred that we promise in the temple not to talk about them outside the temple at all now to a lot of people that sounds pretty suspicious some people think we've got something to hide unfortunately there are some people who have tried to take advantage of that curiosity and have sought to expose our temple ceremonies to the public which is a pretty messed up thing to do to the sacred traditions of any religion.
1: That's messed up. So in,
0: it, it's really not. I mean, again, the guys that have gone in and, and exposed the temple ceremonies, you know, whatever. It's it's the reality is once upon a, is once upon a time it was something that was tried to be hidden, and literally people would lie. Not just hide it, not just not talk about it. They would lie about what was going on. I mean, pre-internet days, pre-first change of the the temple ceremony back in 1991, I watched people. I watched people lie about, you know, when, especially one time, I want to say it was 89, and I was Mormon, (laughs) and... Um, had not gone through the temple ceremony had no idea what the temple ceremony was about but went to manti and saw and encountered the the evangelists that come there and they were discussing with one of our leaders the temple ceremony and accurately describing what was going on and this this leader that we were with was literally lying Saying that none of this happened, none of the penalties, none of the you know slitting of your throat and the, the 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 different things that went on went on did not absolutely denied that there was a part in the play where Satan hired Christian ministers to be his his ministers um, to be his hirelings. Absolutely lied that these things were not in there. And then when it was came out, and then in '91 when a lot of those things were taken out um and then the internet came up, these things could no longer be hidden. So now they're saying statements like David is saying that well we really don't have anything to hide. It was in secret, it was sacred. No, it was secret, it was lied about and people feared because again the penalties of talking about this were things like having being disemboweled and having your throat slit and so on like that. I mean, from my aunts and uncles who were married in the temple To my siblings who were married in the temple. To now my nieces and nephews who are being married in the temple. Every one of them went through a different endowment ceremony. And this is something that was supposedly revealed to a prophet by God. And yet it has changed over time. We're going to talk more about that tomorrow. But there was something to hide. And it was hidden. And it was tried to be hidden very well until the internet made it impossible to hide
2: in this video we're going to set the record straight and talk about two things what latter-day saints are doing in the endowment and how they are doing it let's dive in
0: well all that was the intro
2: first what are latter-day saints doing in the endowment ceremony the short answer is that we're making covenants or promises with god Specifically, we promise to obey God's commandments, live the gospel of Jesus Christ, be chaste and faithful to our spouse, and to dedicate everything we have and everything we are to the service of God. Each of these promises are associated with various signs and symbols used throughout the ceremony. There's also time set apart in the ceremony for what we call a prayer circle where we pray for friends and family who are sick or need help.
0: Now, he doesn't mention it here in this video, and we'll talk about it in the video tomorrow, the longer one. Um, the signs and symbols are uh, literally handshakes and, and names and, and so on. The first sign of the Aaronic Priesthood and, and so on. Um, the sure sign of the nail. These things um, are taken verbatim mostly from Masonic rituals of from joseph's day joseph was a master mason and these things were taken directly from it now the video they're going to do tomorrow is going to try to to again shell game and straw man their way out of the fact that this was literally plagiarized uh, from masonic rituals and we'll talk more about that again tomorrow
2: That is all Latter-day Saints are actually doing in the endowment ceremony. You
1: mean that's it?
2: And this leads us to the next question. How do Latter-day Saints make these covenants in the endowment ceremony? What does this ceremony look like? Now, I'll be the very first to admit, if you're not familiar with why we do things the way we do things in this ceremony, we look weird. We wear sacred ceremonial clothing in the endowment. If you're not familiar with it, religious clothing from any faith looks a little weird. Our ceremonial clothing is not meant to be particularly stylish or modern. Each item of clothing we wear has meaning and history behind it. If we went back in time 3,000 years, these clothes would be less weird because our temple clothing is meant to follow the pattern set by ancient Israelites in their temples as outlined in the Bible. The pri-
0: now, the the not the ancient Israelites, but they were the Levitical priests only... The descendants of Aaron, of Levi and the descendants of Aaron, were to wear these uh, robes. Not everybody was supposed to wear them. Only the priest was supposed to wear them. And there are things that are there that aren't on the LDS uh, garments. Um, and things on the LDS garments that were not anywhere close to what is on the, temp- the pr- temple priest's uh, garments that were, were given. Um, no Masonic symbols were on the priests garments, yet they are the square and the, and the compass are on the Mormon garments, um, different things. The priests in, uh, in the old Testament did not wear a fig leaf apron that literally moments before they put it on. They watched a a video or a theatrical presentation of Satan standing up and saying, This is a symbol of my priesthood. Those are things that David is going to kind of leave out of this in talking about the garments. And those are important things. Literally, if you watch the the LDS endowment ceremony, if you watch the exposed uh, ceremonies, you will see that Satan is talking and he he talks about an apron and he says this is a symbol of my priesthood, and then the, the people inside the temple put that on and wear that throughout the rest of the ceremony. So there may be some similarities, but there are some huge issues between the two that are very significant.
2: Presentation of the endowment ceremony is largely theatrical. In the early days of the church, it was essentially a play with some audience participation. It's still a play in a couple temples nowadays, but in most temples, the endowment presentation is a movie.
0: Gosh, I love
2: movies. Throughout the endowment, as we make the promises I talked about earlier, we learn about what Bruce R. McConkie called the three pillars of eternity, the creation, the fall of Adam and Eve, and the atonement of Jesus Christ.
0: This is just a small thing, and it doesn't really mean anything, but I get get uh, so irritated when people represent the fruit of the fall as an apple. It was not an apple? They didn't need an apple. There was a specific fruit of the knowledge of good and evil that we didn't have no idea what it looked like. Um, but I just get irritated when I see people throw up an apple. small uh, you know point of order for just personal issue.
2: As we learn more and progress through the presentation, in most temples, we progress through different rooms, symbolically representing our progression towards the presence of God. In the temples of ancient Israel, the high priest would pass through a veil when entering the Holy of Holies, the most sacred room in the temple where God symbolically dwells. The same thing happens for men and women who participate in the endowment as they pass into what we call the celestial room of the temple, which you're looking at right now.
0: Okay, so here's another thing we have to talk about. And he's going to talk. He, he gives some links to some videos <coughs> from that they did earlier of, like, why do temples still need to exist, which they don't. And there's a specific reason. One, that the flimsy little curtain that he showed the priest going through into the Holy of Holies was not a flimsy little curtain. It was a heavy, heavy, large curtain made specifically that could never be rent by human hands that at the crucifixion of christ at the moment of his death the 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 veil the curtain in the temple in jerusalem was rent from top to bottom a, a curtain that could never be Destroyed by human hands again. This is a symbolic thing that God intended when He gave them the the prescription on how to build this curtain that hung over the door to the holy of holies. It was a symbolic thing that when Christ died, when He paid the penalty, the the the, the sacrifice once for all, God tore that uh, veil, that curtain indicating that it was no longer necessary that the literal veil, Christ, was was rent on our behalf and there was no longer a need of a separator between us and the Holy of Holies because Christ died so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we could become the Holy of Holies. And why on earth would God require it to be put back up I mean, the, the the existence of the veil in the LDS temple literally says that the, the they are reversing the sacrifice of Christ. They are requiring a separator again and these covenants being necessary to enter into the presence of God. They call it exaltation and they say it's different than being saved, which again, he gives another link to a video for that, which... You can go back, I'll see if I can find my video, and you can go back and watch that one, um, where I refute that. But literally, replacing the temple veil is nullifying the sacrifice that Christ made. God rent the veil when Christ was, was crucified, when Christ died, when atonement was made once for all. That veil was rent. No longer necessary no longer needed and they put it back up.
2: Latter-day Saints believe that you must participate in certain ordinances or religious rites like baptism in order to be exalted. The endowment ceremony is another one of those exalting ordinances. Being exalted is different than being saved. If that's confusing to you, watch this video. If you thought that temples were no longer needed after Christ's ministry and are wondering why Latter-day Saints have them at all, watch this video. In a nutshell,
0: and if you really look at what they believe, baptism is required to be saved. Baptism is required for the remission of sins, according to Mormons. And so there's a re, the baptismal, baptismal regeneration, which some heretical uh, forms of Christianity still teach. And then the temple ceremony is required for their exaltation. So that's not quite an honest statement there either. And then he'll talk about, um, you know, you can go back and watch the video and then watch my video refuting that saved by Jesus thing. And, uh, but still, so it is, those are the, the, the issues. And ultimately it's all salvation by works. It all requires works to be, I mean, saved in the sense of exaltation to the celestial kingdom, um, which They will also, I've, I've heard, I've heard many times as an LDS person that anything less than the celestial kingdom is like a mental hell, knowing that you could have gotten higher, but you didn't do what you had to do to get there. So you may be in heaven, uh, quote unquote, but you're not to the highest heaven. You don't get to dwell in the presence of God, which is what Jesus tells us. We can, if we repent and put our faith in him.
2: This is what Latter-day Saints do in this temple ceremony. It's absolutely nothing to be afraid of. As someone who has been there many times, there's nothing sinister going on in Latter-day Saint temples. We're not sacrificing animals. It's not some creepy sex cult. We're just making really great promises with God.
0: Nothing sinister going on anymore. I would say pre-1991... The first round of changes to the LDS ceremony, there was a lot of sinister stuff going on. The way the anointings happened, um, men anointing women on their genitals, um, which we'll talk a little bit about in the video tomorrow. Um, The penalties that were laid out for um, talking about the temple ceremony outside of the temple, slitting of the throat, uh, disembowelment, stuff like that. That's pretty sinister. It's not happening anymore. So, yeah, it's pretty, uh, you know, pretty milk toast, I guess, if you, if you look at it now. But there was a lot of sinister stuff going on.
1: If someone thinks I'm
2: part of a cult for promising to follow Jesus Christ and to be faithful to my spouse, then that's an awesome cult to be a part of. The promises I make in the temple help make me a better person.
0: That's what we call reductio ad absurdum. You're reducing to the absurd. There's a lot more that goes into why uh, most people, I don't like to use the term cult, but I mean, it's a, it's a false religion. It's a heretical religion. I would say at once upon a time, it definitely was a cult. Um, I think it's lost some of its, intentionally lost some of its cult-like uh, characteristics, but there still is a level of, of cultishness to the LDS church in the fact that, you know, really when you go back and look at like the 14 fundamentals of the prophet, that there are still many people who will say when the prophet speaks, the thinking has been done. That's cultish. Um, so, no, I mean, promise it, trying to be a better person and, and promising to be faithful to your wife, no, that's not cultish, but there's far more. So, again, the reductio ad absurdum is uh, is disingenuous in that but that's what they do through all of these Um, they they find these disingenuous and deceptive ways to try to fool you into thinking it's all not that all all that bad but it really is
2: now there are also a few other ordinances we perform in temples that I didn't talk about like marriage ceremonies and baptisms for the dead check out the links in the description for more information about those there's also more info on our website if you have questions, drop them in the comments. Or if you're trying to be respectful and are concerned that a question on this topic may not be appropriate, feel free to message me on Facebook directly and we can chat. Thanks for watching. Have a great day.
0: Alright, so there you go. Uh, temple ceremonies, the endowment ceremony in the Mormon temples, uh, according to David. And just some issues going on there and why they are, one, not necessary, two, Uh, heretical three uh cultish (laughs) and uh and why it is why we need to be reaching out to our lds neighbor and and calling them to faith and repentance in the true jesus christ in the true gospel um and and not to be followed down the path of deception of this uh false gospel presented by a false prophet um, led by a false Christ and a false God so in that uh, that is why we always need to always preach the gospel use or preach the gospel at all times as always preach the gospel at all times can't even remember my own tagline it is so late at night um, always as always preach the gospel at all times use words they are necessary and until next time tomorrow. Soli Deo Gloria. Mm.